At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Check it out now. Welcome to the Beating the Book podcast. Gil Alexander is our 85th Masters edition with Joe Pita and Brady Cannon. Uh, Just a warning, because we are here at Stadium Swimming Circus Sports and the music is blaring behind us, might have a few audio difficulties at some points in the podcast. We're going to do our best to edit around them. Uh, But the gist of the whole thing and all the bets will come shining through. But just a, uh, a little bit of an apology in advance from all of us at the Beating the Book podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Beating the Book Podcast Masters Edition, the 85th Masters, live from the pool at Circus Sports. Uh, it doesn't get any better than this. Gil Alexander along uh, on site with Brady Cannon, host of Long Shots, the greatest golf betting show there ever was at VEASAN, which you will be hosting not only with your co-host Wes Reynolds today, but also with the great Scott Van Pelt. Yeah, we're really excited about that. Scott Van Pelt will be our guest on Long Shots. Matt Humans will be in studio as well, so we'll have the full crew there and uh, couldn't really ask for a better guest. He's on the grounds at Augusta National. Yes, he is. Um, and he's SVP, for goodness well, sake. Right. So, so we look that forward too. to that. Uh, and we are also joined, and I do mean uh, honored to be joined by the guy who literally wrote the book on the Masters when it comes to data that is not public domain data like you can find in baseball, say, on a fan graphs. Uh, it was the 2019 Masters Tour Guide for my good friend, once uh, upon a time doing other sports, now completely focused on golf in his spare time. It's Joe Pita. How you doing, Joe? Hey, guys. Brady and Gil, great to uh, talk to you. And, and, Brady, that's a great get in the uh, SPT. I know you guys know, but maybe some of the younger listeners don't. He's a, he was one of the, I don't know if he was the original or on the original crew, but a long ago, a near inception, uh, golf channel uh, yes. host. So yeah. he certainly, he certainly has the golf chops. Yes. He was, he was golf channel, I believe right before ESPN. That's I think where, like 1990 to 95 yeah. or something. By the way, what year did you, yeah. uh, what year did you win the Masters? 85. It was right really? before Jack turned the trick in 86. <laughs> uh, so I'm kind of the forgotten man. No one remembers but, uh, who won in 85. Exactly. That's a good year to pick. 85. <laughs> maybe you, maybe you remember that year. Uh, uh, putting the jacket on, uh, putting the jacket on Jack must have been a thrill for you. That was that was really right. even better than winning it. That's that, that, that was cool. That's right. You should go back and check that footage, Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right, uh, Joe. I want to start with you because uh, people who just heard what I said, they're like, "What do you mean he wrote the book on the Masters?" Uh, for those who didn't hear your appearances on a numbers game on Veasan when the book first came out in 2019. Uh, please explain to folks sort of the journey that led you to the 2019 Masters Tour Guide. Yeah, uh, Gil, after the, it was in early uh, 2018, 
um, that I decided I was uh, that there was not as much written about golf analytics as there was about baseball. So I pivoted from uh, baseball to golf. And when the uh, on the master site that year, uh, I noticed, well, just to back up for a second, um, as you know, you know, being analytics driven um, strokes gained was the revolution in golf that uh, and pioneered by uh, Mark Brody. Um, who uses the PGA's data uh, to create the metrics that, uh, you know, golf analytics uh, people use, whether you're, you're DFS or, or, a, or a better or just a fan of the sport uh, that really helped uh, um, change the way we looked at, you know, it, it updated things from greens and regulation and, and putts per round. Um, and, but the, one of the limitations of it was if the event was not a PGA tour event, like all of the majors at the, um, for a long time, uh, there was no data. Uh, they, they, you, you know, here we love this data, but then the majors come and we couldn't use it. And uh, it turns out that because the PGA Tour don't run the, those, those events, well, it turns out on the master site, I noticed in 2018 that there was a catalog of every shot taken. Uh, so I input them, all 20,000 plus shots I, I inputted after the 2018 uh, event. And wrote a book, really, Man- on, manually on inputted how- them. Manually input, that's right. And uh, kind of re- wrote a book, uh, previewing the 2019 event, and you know, really, so it was the first time that readers and golf fans in general got to see, you know, how Patrick Reed won. Um, you know, who was actually best tee to green at that event. Um, and I've been doing it since. Uh, I since have been able to backfill a couple of other years, and and I'm going to be having. A larger book come out hopefully pre-Christmas that will really give the entire strokes gained history at the Masters, which will cover about six years. Oh well, we'll cover six years, uh, sixteen to twenty-one. So that's that's what I'm working on now, uh, and that's how the first book uh, got written. Hey Joe, real quick for the viewers and the listeners, would you quickly explain exactly what is strokes gained and greens and regulation? That's pretty obvious. You hit the green in regulation, but. What does strokes gained really define for the, the statistician? Sure. Well, as you know, Brady, and, and a lot of golf fans know, uh, greens and regulation, like that, that sort of standard stack can be highly misleading. You know, somebody that hits an iron shot from 180 to within four feet um, and, uh, you know, on, on a second shot on a par five, say, and someone who, you know, hits, a, hits their third shot on a par five, you know, chips it from 20 yards off the green and, and gets it to within 15 feet, they both have a green in regulation. But obviously, uh, the former shot is much, much more valuable uh, than the latter. So what greens and what uh, uh, strokes gain does is, uh, thanks to the to the framework of that Mark Brody created, uh, it essentially takes every shot and judges it against a baseline of all other pros. And I always think the simplest way to to sort of illustrate it is to think of an eight foot putt. Uh, most golf fans know that pros, touring pros, make 50% of their eight-foot putts. So if a pro is facing an eight-foot putt, um, it essentially has an, an expectation of, uh, uh, you know, of, of one and a half strokes, right? He's, he's going to make it 50% of the time, and the other 50% of the time he'll two-putt because, in, you know, for these purposes, they never three-putt uh, from eight feet. So... If a golfer makes an eight-foot putt, he has picked up a half stroke, or he has gained a half stroke against the benchmark of the field. And if he two putts from eight feet, he's lost a half stroke. And you essentially do that with every stroke. You can benchmark every drive, every approach, and every putt. You sum them all up in the end, and that's uh, and and now you have a much more granular. Uh, and to me, because I like data to tell stories, you get a much better story of. At what happened during a round and you know by the time you put a number of rounds together and number of tournaments together now you have stories on each golfer's skill sets and how they different differ and as you know brady different tournaments re- reward different uh skills so it, it's a very useful tool and I, I just think it's fascinating and fun this gives us entree by the way before we get to our specific master's thoughts for this year 2021 probably the greatest thing in your master's tour guide was in doing this research on strokes gained analysis specifically for the masters you stumbled upon maybe the greatest single stat um in modern golf history and we're not even sure to this day if the person who is at the center of this stat and of this streak is aware of it could you explain to people what that is 
Sure, and I will tell you before I publish uh, this December, I will try uh, to reach out to this person in question and get his thoughts on it. It, it, We're, of course, referring to Tiger Woods. And um, Strokes Gained is Are you familiar with this, by the way? I I read the book, and I'm sure I'll remember it. Okay. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry, Joe. Yeah. So uh, even pro golfers, I I think it was uh, maybe Stuart Sink who, who referred to Strokes Gained as a cruel mistress. You know, it is a... It is a brutal machine because you are always being judged against your fellow pros. So if you shoot a, a three under 69, you know, on a course, but the field shoots 68 and a half, you have actually lost a half stroke to the field. Um, so picking up positive strokes gained each round is an accomplishment. Now, for the most elite players, they expect to do it, but, you know, you, you, you know, somebody goes 68, 68, 73, 68, you know, even if they're Rory. That 73 round probably lost strokes to the field. Well, it turns out Tiger Woods went an entire 365-day period plus (laughs) without a round losing strokes to the field. Wow. And he was within one. The punchline of the story is in the year 2000, he was within one hole, one round and one hole, the 18th hole of his final round of the year. And... He uh, and and to to put together what I call the perfect year, the perfect PGA Tour season, and he 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 missed it. And our friend Chris Felica uh, actually called in, and I couldn't find the scorecard. And he, when we first told this story, he called in and uh, you know showed us that Tiger actually went like double double to to at Valderrama in Spain at, at a World Golf Championship event uh, to end the 2000 season, and it it, it broke his. His it was over 90 rounds that he'd had of strokes gained on the field. And to me, it's even more impressive than his 140 plus um, made cuts in a row, because uh, to make cuts, to make that many cuts in a row, it essentially means you never had a bad round on Thursday or Friday to go 90 rounds in a row without, you know, picking up strokes on the field essentially means you never had a blow up hole. For 90 some rounds, because you know, you go, you put a triple on the card, it's now very hard to gain strokes on the on the field for a round. And he did it for, and I think that's the most. Um, and what you start when you start going through data, you realize that at any time a golfer gets to 20 rounds, it's an amazing accomplishment, you know. And Tiger got up to 90. I think the, the second highest is something like Marco Mira at. 30 or 31 you know something like that and it's just it'll never be broken joe you probably remember it was uh i believe last year on tour it was a big deal because victor hovland led the field in strokes gained tita green for three weeks in a row right and that was monumental <laughs> that's right <laughs> three weeks yeah. in a row that's yeah. right so, yeah. inter- interestingly, yep. that did not make the Tiger documentary, Joe. I was waiting for it the whole time when I was watching. I was like, when is the Strokes game thing coming up? <laughs> All right, guys. So, uh, the 85th version of the Masters, it is the one uh, of our majors, of our four majors, where we actually play on the same course. Right. Uh, we talk about this, obviously, every year. This year's a little different because we're coming off the pandemic Masters, which was played in November. Very different. Dustin Johnson with a 20 under. We obviously never see scores like that at the Masters. And Cameron Smith, famously the first guy to ever have four rounds in the 60s. Now, I guess the first question is, um, how much do we read into that November version of the Masters, Brady, which had a weather situation at the beginning, which softened the course. So it's interesting hearing people because some people are like, ah, you throw it out. It it meant nothing. Um, On the other hand, the golfers who did well, kind of have good history on the course, too. So right, in some right. respects, it does matter. Where do you fall on that? Yeah, it, it, it's a little bit in between. I, I don't think you throw it out completely, but there's some interesting handicapping angles around it. Um, first of all, I think what you saw was a lot of guys that were debutantes at the Masters. We know that debutantes, the first-timers, typically don't have a great deal of success. And you saw a lot of guys, those, a lot of those guys have success in November. And I think a lot of that had to do with the softer conditions. Of course, DJ goes to 20 under par, breaks an all-time record. So there were some situations that were outside of the norm. But then you mentioned some cream did rise to the top like it usually does at Augusta. It's usually a chalky tournament. The best players do typically end up on the back nine on Sunday atop the leaderboard. And from the scoring uh, statistics, 
it wasn't all that different from a normal April Masters. It, it was lower across the board, but not by as much as you might think. Hmm. I think the biggest difference for me was seeing guys like Sebastian Munoz, Cameron Smith, Sunjay M. Now, Smith has been there a few times, but M, a first-timer. Scotty Scheffler, a first-timer. Uh, C.T. Pan, uh, Corey Connors. Wow. These guys were all in the top 20. So I think that is different. I don't think you're going to see that again. Another thing that I think is interesting, I wonder what your opinion on this is, Joe. Guys that did play the Masters for the first time in November, it's almost a disadvantage to be back here this year because I think they've got a rude awakening to what they're going to find in April. Yeah, I agree with you. You, you The one name, <laughs> we all kind of, uh, or I, I think we all as fans of the Masters, you know, have some sort of sense of guardianship that we don't want to see the CT pads as debutants. And, and you didn't throw out the name, but Dylan Fratelli. Right. Um, I take offense if these guys are going to be in the top 10, you know, if, there's gonna, <laughs> if they're going to be clustered in the top 10, we had Abraham, you know, short hitting Abraham answer there as well until he blew up on Sunday. Um, so I, I agree with you. And I think they are going to be in for a rude awakening uh, uh, this year. And to throw just one more, um, you know, sort of proprietary stat out there that dovetails exactly with what uh, Brady said and Gil is that the year-over-year -year correlation of strokes gained, you know, individual golfers' strokes gained from one year to the next is always higher at the Masters than any other tournament. It's not even close. It it uh, usually it averages you know above 0.3, um, and no other tournament gets above the high teens. Well, the correlation from the prior April in 2019 uh, to the 2020 November was 0.3. So wow. it was, you know, it's right wow. what you'd expect. So I agree. You can't throw it all out. Yeah. Um, because, um, and, and I'll just throw one other, uh, we'll mention a big name here. If you are inclined to say, I'm going to throw it out, right. That, uh, you know, is that anything that happened? I'm not going to believe in. Um, I would point this out to you. Justin Thomas has had has been an abysmal putter at the Masters. His his he's been negative strokes gained every year, uh, sixteen through nineteen, and with some you know re and and if you look at it by round, you know you uh, it's a large majority are negative rounds. In twenty twenty in November, he gained um, over three three strokes putting. It was the first time he's ever been positive, and as we know, he's I think he finished, but he got a top five Four, uh, last fourth. year. Fourth, okay. Now, if you're going to throw out November, you know, then don't you have to throw out, you know, you got to throw it all out, right? It was the first time that Justin Thomas has ever successfully putted the mass, you know, the greens at Augusta National. Um, so that's just what I like to point out to people. If, if uh, you know, it, it's not so easy to just say I'm going to ignore it because then you have to ignore all of it. It's um, like there were a lot of differences when, yeah. you, when you look at the leaderboard and everything, but grand picture, like Joe says, the, the, the scoring was pretty darn similar. That, that's pretty fascinating. I'm going to go to the phone here, guys. Uh, Steve the Punter. You're familiar with oh, us, sure. Stephen yeah. Rawlings. Uh, every year he puts together some nice uh, master stats. Uh, and again, if, we've, if you've heard this in past years, there's a reason for it, because again, we're playing on the same course. Driving accuracy, the least important thing to eventual Masters winners. If you go back the last 12, uh, the average rank in driving accuracy for the winners was damn near 30th, 29.17. Driving distance, average rank of the past 12 winners, 18.5. The ones, the categories that matter the most, greens and regulation per Stephen Rawlings, 6.66 in the rankings. Scrambling, 9.8. So really getting up and down is everything at Augusta. Putting average, 11th. Uh, the other big thing that we always talk about where do winners and where do people who are successful at the Masters make their hay? Well, let's go back 12 years again. Par threes, aggregate for the last 12 winners, 13 under par on par threes. On par fours, 27 under. On the par fives, 107 under. Yep. So it is really all about the par fives. Uh, let me, before you guys give your picks, and how you're betting it, how you allocate your money in outrights and derivative uh, markets and head-to-heads. Let me just cherry-pick a few golfers and and feel and, and get your opinion on what you feel about these guys. Let's do Brooks Kepka and Dan Berger, uh, Daniel Berger, who are both headed in with injury concerns. Brooks Kepka, I got 30 to 1. I heard you got a 40 to 1 on Brooks Kepka. Yes. So you took a flyer as well, just, yeah, it's just a because. Well, it, it's Brooks Kepka, and I also noticed you start with two Florida State Seminoles there. 
I did not notice <laughs> that. But uh, yeah, you know, I had actually been thinking, I had six guys in my outright portfolio and I was trying to think there's, there's one more guy I want and I want to take a little bit of a shorter shot because we mentioned earlier, this is a pretty chalky tournament. You typically don't have a triple digit long shot win this thing. In fact, I think it was the last 11 winners, the average pre-tournament odds were less than 40 to one. So I think that's kind of the threshold there. Yeah. You don't want to do a whole lot outside of 40 to 1. Uh, but Kepka was the guy I was thinking about adding a while back. And before he withdrew from the Honda, and I think it was Bay Hill or the, the Workday, or he finished actually second at the Workday, but took the time off, had knee surgery, exactly what will be 23 days prior to teeing off at Augusta. So it is a gamble because we don't know about his health. But I said, if Brooks Kepka is telling me, and he said, I I'm not entering because I think I can finish second. Uh, if he thinks he can win, I'm going to take his word at it. And at 40 to 1, that's three or four times the normal price we see on Brooks Kepka. So, yes, I, I took a stab with that. As far as Daniel Berger, um, I think he's got a good shot, too. I, you know, he is such an expert at putting on Bermuda grass. And I don't know if he's quite figured out the bent grass yet. He's had one tremendous finish. I believe it was his first year playing the Masters. I believe had a top 10 finish. Um, Guy's a great player, and I absolutely love him as a Ryder Cupper. He's not on my list to win the Masters. Not on mine either. Uh, Joe, curious about those two guys, and uh, um, I'll throw in one. Yeah, yeah no, go ahead with those two. Uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, two guys that have never missed the cut at Augusta there. Berger, three for three, and kept the five for five. That doesn't necessarily mean they're a, they're a horse for the course. You, I, as I always say, you got to look at the numbers a little deeper. Uh, but both of them shine uh, in their histories here. Um, and if Berger I have is a top 10, um, and I think he is a threat it, it to, uh, you know, he's not going to pull away from the field, but in a bunched field, like we had two years ago when Tiger would, uh, a Daniel Berger skill set is, is definitely, uh, you know, uh, a, he has a path to victory. Um, I have him as a top 10 bet, uh, with Brooks Kepka, look, I've got to make the cut somewhere, right? Cause there's so many elite guys. Um, you're absolutely right. If Brooks Kepka is healthy, 40 to one is is a steal in terms of implied odds versus actual odds. Um, but I, you know, I, I just made the choice that I was going to figure he's hobbled in some way, um, either in rust or from an actual injury. Um, but, you know, you're, he's one of the best golfers in the world and he's, he's played outstanding uh, in all five of his, uh, you know, all, all five of his efforts here. Um you know, he plays, actually, he has an adjustment. You know, he plays a, almost a half stroke better per round at the Masters than he does during the, those same tournaments before and after the Masters. So he's definitely a horse for the course. Um, but like I say, I'm omitting him just because I have to make some cuts somewhere. You're he so was right. in great form before yeah. he pulled out with injury, too. Finished second at the concession and won the Phoenix Open. You're, you're, you're so won right. Phoenix, yep. Joe, about you do have to you do have to draw the line somewhere because otherwise you know uh, you've got twenty guys. In your Brian Rogers just came up here. He was, he was your stand in here or your sit in, and the, he said, "I have twenty nine bets oh. already." Oh, okay, not twenty nine different golfers, right. but upwards of like fifteen to twenty sure. already. So it's the it's, Masters, it's like you can go crazy in this. Um, all right, last uh, last golfer before I let you get to it, uh, Jordan Spieth, who just came off a win at uh, the Valero Texas Open, who has had obviously is a, it already has a green jacket. Uh, has had great success on this course. Uh, how do you view someone who is now all the way down to 11 to 1 in the group of the elite, the Roms and the JTs and the DeChambos of the world? Do you just completely stay away from him, Joe? Well, uh, let, let's, let, let me take on one hand and on the other hand. Uh, on one hand, Jordan Spieth is, is even better than Tiger and Phil in terms of history at the Masters. Now, obviously, that's only 28 rounds in his case, and and we're getting here, we're getting in the upper double digits for uh, Phil and and Tiger when you talk about their histories. But Jordan Spieth has entered seven times. He's played 28 rounds here, and he has averaged more strokes gained per round than any player who's ever played, uh, at least in this era. I think with last year's slight slump, he fell behind Ben Hogan in terms of career, but <laughs> he's he's up there in terms of the greatest masters players per round in, in the history of the event. So, and it makes sense because as you talked about earlier, it is a second course. Uh, uh, it is a second uh, shot course. Uh, and he has been a wizard with the irons, at least since I've been able to measure his uh, strokes gained since 16. Um, and he can get hot with a putter as we all know. 
so there is a case that if he is in uh, 14, 15, 16 Jordan Spieth form, you know, he should be a top. I, on the other hand, uh, he has been hot for three months. So he has a nice, you know, sort of um, form for the last 20 rounds. But if you pull that lens back to even just 40 rounds or 50, uh, you would say, hey, there's a lot of guys that have come in winning the Houston Open and having looked 10 or 11 to 1. Um, I, I think that's an insanely uh, short price. So, yes, I'm certainly staying away from him. You too? I am too. Yeah, the, the price is absolutely prohibitive. Now, when he shot 61 at the Phoenix Open, you still could have gotten him at 50 to 1, and I'd love to have that ticket in my pocket. Um, and Joe, you know, you talk about his iron play. It's probably the first time in three years and seven months. That's when he last won the British Open at Royal Birkdale that he and you mentioned this three month period that he's been so hot. He's actually been finally finally gaining strokes with his irons. Once again, he hasn't done that basically since he's gotten on this role. So that's a great sign for Jordan Speed. But no, I, I can't bet him. And because the price absolutely is keeping me out. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... <laughs> Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Before we get into Joe and Brady's individual bets on the Masters, first, guys, question about allocation of your funds. What percentage of your betting pie is on outrights? What percentage is on derivative markets like top 10s and top 20s? What percentage would you say is on head-to-heads? Yeah, I'll step up. Um, I will tell you, I have more in the outright market. So for, for me, the outright market will be in terms of actual capital laid out. Um, I will have more than 10% of what I'm going to bet on this mark uh, overall uh, on the outrights, which is more than any other event. Um, one is because it's fun. Um, but two is, Gil, I, I'm telling you, you're, where you're sitting, what the Circa is doing to revolutionize or to make attractive futures betting on a big event like this by lowering that hold yes. uh, is, man, if it catches on across the industry, <laughs> they are going to realize that lower margins leads to higher handle and ultimately a, a better bottom line, even though it takes more skill to manage the book. Obviously, Circa knows this, and I just cannot give those guys a big enough compliment for pushing the industry in that direction. As you know, Gil, I tried to get on that side of the industry and actually operate one of these, and this was the exact you know sort of business model I had. So, yeah. I you know kudos to them, and and I think it hopefully it will lead to more uh, uh, more of what you call the pre flop. Um, and you mentioned about uh, in game, I am not betting Justin Thomas pre flop because of his of his uh, putting you know April putting woes at the Masters. Uh, if you know. But he, he, look, it's Justin Thomas. If he is lurking after Thursday and Friday and he's showing me that the putting is carrying over from November, uh, he's the one guy I'm kind of targeting in-game. So um, let, me, the, let me follow up on that. Yep. What would it, give me the parameters of that. So let's just throw out some hypotheticals. If JT were 
uh, six strokes back, because this famously is not a catch-up course either, right? So let's say it's, uh, let me not make it six, let me make it harder. Let's say it's five strokes back and he balloons to 40 to one. That is somewhere in that sort of range. Like what would it take for We're you to We're talking after round that? one or after, yeah. after, after round, round one, one or round three? Let's say after, after round, round one. one. Uh, well, here, here would be my, here's, here would be my demarcation point. Is he positive strokes gain putting or not? You know, if he if he got to where he did by chipping something in or, you know, he just dialed in with the irons, but still two putting from from 11 feet consistently. It's not a bet for me. But if he's showing me that he has sort of mastered these greens, then I think he does have a Jordan Spieth 2018 type comeback, even though that was a near comeback. But remember, he almost ran down Patrick Reed in 2018. And Justin Thomas can do that with against any front runner on any course. If you know, if he can show me he's putting these these greens. And and then the derivative markets like top ten, top twenty, and the head to heads, is that like even between the two of those categories? Well, no, much, much more on head to heads, Gil, because that's where the hold is the you know, it's not a dime line, um, but it's still it, it's much more pure, right? It's a yeah. head to head matchup in terms of how I'm handicapping guys. Uh, and it's, you know, it's just playing with the standard minus 110 line. Uh, I, I almost never do top. I never do first round leaders because the hold is insane. Uh, I never do three balls for the same reason. Um, but the on top tens, look, I print a, I publish a top 10 every year for the Masters. So I do I do bet this every year um, and I will, you know, I'll put it. I'll put all top uh, all my top 10 plays in there. But as always, I always consider all that other stuff entertainment. The you know, the. The I plan on. Uh, I believe I have positive EV on my matchup bets. I don't necessarily think that when I'm having fun doing futures and uh, you know top ten stuff. Makes sense. How about you? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably have uh, about maybe let's say thirty percent uh, of my outlay in the outright markets, and then uh, you know let's see, probably fifty percent will be. Uh, in, in the top 10, or, and I'm doing the math wrong here, but I'll, I'll have the smallest portion in the outright market, and I'll probably have about one and a half times that risk on the top 20 and the top 10s, and then the rest, the, the largest portion of my pie will be on head-to-head -head matchups. That's where I'm going to risk the most dollars. For the tournament, not round by round. Correct. I, yeah. I just, for some reason, I am not good at round-to-round head-to-head yeah. matchups. I'm much more successful on the full tournament, and I think I'm just better at figuring out how a guy's skill set is going to manifest over four days. It's kind of like trying to bet a football game for one quarter. Um, anything can happen in one round of golf. Uh, so I have been very good in head-to-head matchups for the entire tournament, and that's where my biggest risk will be. Um, Joe, you talk about the top 10s and the top 20s. I have kind of started to gravitate more towards the top 20. Obviously, you're getting a lower price, but you double your uh, ability to win. And I have found that those are good bets. I like the top 20 market a lot. Now, you get a low price guy like a George, uh, Justin Thomas, I might go top 10 with him. Um, but a lot, other than my shortest shots, I'll probably go top 20 with. Uh, and then uh, I How have many times have you had guys finish 12th when you do a top Exactly. Yeah. That's the tough yeah. part. <laughs> and so I've, had, I've had yeah. plenty finish 22nd, too. Yeah. But uh, yeah. um, I, I like that top 20 market. I think I do better than the uh, top 10. And then uh, the outrights, I have seven of them and, and on my least amount of risk. Let's start there. It is that time. Who, okay. have, you, who have you bet outright? So, and we've talked about this. The Masters is kind of a chalky tournament. I took two flyers on guys that I think have a puncher's chance, but at the time that I bet them, their numbers were so far, so much of an outlier versus the rest of the market, I said, I gotta try it. And that was Jason Kokrak, and I got him at 170 to one. Now he's kind of come back. When I got it, everywhere, everywhere else had him at 100, and I got him at 170. Now he's probably in the neighborhood of 150. The other guy, and, and I think he does have a shot. He, he has some things that make sense. He's been in good form. He won at Shadow Creek, which I think is a correlated course. Uh, the other guy is Francesco Molinari. Now, he hasn't been in great form. He started to return to form a little bit uh, in 2021. Obviously, he was there on Sunday with Tiger yes, before he, he put was. the ball in the water. Got him at 125. Now, he has started to drift up back towards that neighborhood. Uh, but again, when I bought him, a lot of people were trading him at 75 to 1. Yeah. So, so those were my two long shots. And then the rest of the guys, uh, I think, are substantial bets that really have a good chance to win this thing. I did go with Justin Thomas, Joe. And what I love about Justin Thomas is 
my first bet on him was at plus 1525. And then when he, uh, he cratered in a tournament uh, recently. It was before he won the players, and he drifted up to 19 to one. So I bought more at 19 to one on Justin Thomas. Uh, definitely like that number. That's long gone at this point after he won the players. Uh, I did take Tep uh, Kepka at 40 to one. I took Patrick Cantley, who I got at 30 to one, which was a nice number. He's down closer to 22 or what have you at this point. And Matthew Fitzpatrick. Got him a while ago at 100 to 1. He's now down to about 40 to 1. So uh, Nice prices. There's my card. Um, oh, Louis Eustazen. Louis Eustazen I got at 75 to 1, and he's still in that neighborhood. Joseph? Yeah, the, you, it, it, you, those last two names you mentioned are, uh, you know, favorites of mine way up the boards. I will try to play them in all matchups that I can uh, in, in Fitzpatrick and Eustazen. Um, I think that uh, because both of them, well, Oosthuizen has always played very well here. He is very good tee to green here. Um, and, you know, he, he obviously he's getting up in age, but uh, I, I do like that. But I think for a guy that far up the board, I think his outrights are undervalued. So I will try to take advantage of that elsewhere. Same with Fitzpatrick. And with the other guy, I'll, I'll, a little closer uh, down down the range is uh, Cam Smith. Um he did not come out of nowhere last year uh, at Augusta. That was his fourth trip here, and he'd actually had a, a very solid um, strokes gains history on his 12 rounds before the four last year. Uh, so he, he is also a uh, uh, an outright play of mine. But the series, it, it, because those odds are so high, you don't have to put a lot of capital down to get some sort of payoff. The guys, though, that I'm really serious about um, up in the uh, elite section, um, and it is a chalky tournament. I haven't always done that. Gil, as you know, two years ago, I wrote a whole book, yes. uh, you know, explaining c coming to the uh, conclusion that, that Tony Finau was going to win the masters. And, um, obviously that was a thrilling, uh, you know, Saturday for me. And, and the last day I was the only person in America, probably not rooting for tiger, uh, <laughs> on Sunday. Yes. Um, but, it is more chalky this year. Uh, Finau still definitely has the T-degree, T-to-green uh, game. Um, it's only gotten, you know, it's only stayed strong at Augusta, but, um, you know, the putting and, and really the volatility. He, 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 it, the volatility isn't there in his game to get to the plus 14, plus 16 strokes game that you need to win a tournament. And, you know, I, I've gotten burned enough times having him in, in a top five. Um, and, and not breaking through. So the, I am a chalky with my two favorite plays. They are John Rahm and uh, Xander Shoffley out of the sort of elite group. Neither of them are the, you know, they're, they're, they're better prices than you get from uh, DJ or, or Thomas or Spieth. Um, I really think Rahm should be favored to win this tournament, honestly. Um, it's, and, and that is how I'm playing it. And I have a, uh, you know, like I, I, I have... <laughs> I have put a substantial, you know, in terms of the uh, what I'm putting in the outrights, almost, you know, a, the biggest majority of it goes to Rom. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not really sprinkling. This isn't really the, a sprinkle situation as much as I think Rom should be favored. And if I'm getting him at 11, 13, I've seen him at 14. Uh, it was 14 and a quarter at the Circa when they posted just two nights ago. Um, I think that that that's my play. And I think Xander Shoffley uh, also is has the course history here. Um, and in, as in current form and intermediate form uh, to be a real factor. Um, it's, I will say, way up the board, way, way, way up the board, at Circa, Justin Rose is 130 to 1. Hmm. Justin Rose, except for missing the cut in 2018 or 2019, he has played superbly here. I cannot get my hands around a world where Justin Rose is 130 to win uh, at Augusta, or at least at Circa. Now, most of your other books, you're going to get 50, 60 to one, et cetera. Um, but I've seen I'm telling a lot you, of hundreds, Joe. I've seen a lot of hundreds. I, I would not hesitate. If I were just walking through the casino and saw that, I would take out at least 50 bucks and just <laughs> throw it down, you know, at 130 to one. And, because that's um, that that to me just looks interesting. I, and maybe he's hurt. Maybe the equipment is still causing him problems. But it's it's uh, that one really opened my eyes. I bet Kepka, uh, just like you on a flyer, uh -huh. just in case, 
um, Cameron Smith, mm -hmm. and then I went super chalky at the top two. I went uh, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, and fifth and final, Bryson DeChambeau, mm. which is a self-loathing prevention bet, <laughs> which is what I want to ask you guys about. Who's the one guy that you don't have a pre-flop bet on who, if he wins it, will cause you the most self-loathing? Joe, would it be Tony Finau then, I guess, uh, would be oh, the yeah. answer to yeah, yours? That, I mean, although I would be so happy for him. Yes. Um, normally, it would be Jason Day. Jason Day is on my do not trade list because of how many times I have gotten either screwed by him or, and then uh, uh, in both ways, either betting on him or not betting on him. Uh, you know, the, the most famous in my, in my case being, I think I had him at, at the Arnold Palmer and he, and I had him like loaded in DFS and in, in matchup bets. And he left the course after the fifth hole instead, you know, if he had right, not teed off, right. everything would have been refunded. Yeah. He left the course after the fifth hole and then was seen at Disneyland with his, uh, <laughs> at Disney world Just with his family you. in the afternoon. Yes. And yes, that was, so he sort of fits that. I think Gil this week though, it would be Rory because yes. he's so damn good. And I haven't even considered betting on him and because I'm just saying, hey, he's not Rory anymore because of the last nine months. And that might be foolish. It might be foolish having written him off. And I would be chagrined if, you know, if he won like wire to wire. I'm, I'm right with you. I even said on the radio on, on a numbers game on Visa this morning that if I were to find a make-miss cut market, I would love to see what the price is on Rory. I was told after the show by someone who tweeted in, forgive me for not uh, knowing who it was, that the no is four to one. I could kind of see myself maybe taking a flyer on that. Rory's telling us he's not playing well. He's made good on that promise so far in, in recent weeks. Uh, so that's one guy I would consider there, too, So I'd be right in the same boat with you. I, I'm with you, though, Joe. If Rory to, were to go on to win, it was kind of like Brooks Kepka when he won at Phoenix, where I think his odds were in the neighborhood of 30 to 1. And it's, you know, I'm trying to correct myself for my past mistake and bet on him this time when he was 40 to 1. There were a lot of people that had Brooks Kepka at the Phoenix, and they said, when do you get Brooks Kepka at 30 plus to 1 or whatever? It's kind of the same thing with Rory here. We've seen him as high as 19 to 1. Maybe he'll go to 20. That's a really big number on Rory McIlroy. So we'll all be kicking ourselves if we say, geez, why didn't we grab 20 to 1 on one of the greatest players of all time? For sure. Yeah, and it's it's not just all time. If you look at, he is the best driver of the golf ball at Augusta uh, since 2016. And the only person who is in his realm is uh, Bubba Watson. Uh, so without question, Rory is the best right-handed driver of the golf ball um, in this generation at Augusta. It, it, the numbers he puts up strokes gained-wise driving uh, is incredible. So yeah, he, 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 he gets that advantage off the tee. Uh, so if yeah, I mean, I'm overlooking the guy who very possibly is going to be in better position standing over a second shot than everyone else as the tournament goes on, um, but we'll see. Wasn't it last, it was November, too, where I, I think he, he finished top 10, and in the opening round, he oh, shot yeah. a 75. Yeah. So yeah, he, 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 he found his round. game for yeah. three out of the four rounds, for sure. Uh, I assume that right. neither of you, maybe I shouldn't assume this, we're doing this Tuesday afternoon right here at the Circle Pool, obviously, the Masters... Uh, more than 36 hours away. but So I'm, so I'm going to assume that you don't have any head-to-heads yet in your accounts. I, I, I did play ooh, two today. I do. You do. Okay. Go Let ahead, not Joe. Assume that. Go ahead, Joe. What do you got? Yeah, I, I have a number of them, but I will tell you my favorite one. And, and I have noticed now that it's it's not like there's a Vegas rotation around matchups that different books to, uh, you know are right. having play different matchups. But I got Ian Poulter versus uh, uh, Phil Mickelson at – and it, it became my largest matchup bet. I kind of went 2x on uh, on that versus what I was putting on everybody else. And I'll go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, there it is. I got a Poulter minus 130 versus Phil Mickelson over four rounds. I mean, look, unless Phil is is pulling magic, and, and by the way, his putting has disintegrated at the Masters as his age has gone on. Um, Ian Poulter has a great history at on this course and he's you know he's just a better golfer now than than phil mickelson and that that's no slight at phil but he just can't consistently put together 18 holes let alone 72 i i salivated at minus 130 on ian poulter and ian poulter just coming off a great performance at the match play in sure. austin yeah uh, and phil 
when we talk about public teams and other sports, Phil's about as public as it gets oh, sure. at golf. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, that kind of ties into Joe's bet here that uh, you're probably getting a really good price on Ian Poulter because the other guy is Phil Mickelson. Yeah. So you're not finding those matchups universal from book to book this time around? You know, I, well, somebody was telling me last night, they're like, hey, hey, you know, I mentioned, we were mentioned golfers that might be, uh, for instance, you were talking about uh, Fitzpatrick and, or, or maybe it was Cam Smith and, you know, guys that I like, but their only matchup market from my guy, the, the books I was looking at was against Webb Simpson, who I also kind of think is undervalued. So it's not a, it, that's not how I want to express bullishness on, on Cam Smith or, or Fitzpatrick. And then one guy was telling me, oh, at my book, uh, you know, he's uh he's matched up with five different guys and i'm like huh. you know and uh, so uh these these are either offline or you know paper heads etc so it just uh you know and sometimes people quote me stuff and i'm like i can't find that from my yeah. guys so yeah there, there's kind of one universal set of Usually. matchups then there's like half a dozen others huh. so it, it is kind of a crapshoot finding uh care to share the other one that you had besides Poulter over or over phil Oh, that was the one, uh, uh, Gil, that was the one that I put the 2X on. Okay. Um, there was one other one that uh, I did a 1.5X. Let me... Uh, we like 1.5X. Uh, oh, I X. put the Joaquin uh, Neiman, also Joaquin uh, Neiman minus 150 over Max Homa. Mm. Um, and this sort of goes to Brady's uh, thing about the, the debutantes and... and uh, um, I just, you know, I think Neiman, look, Max Home is a great story. Um, you know, California kid and, and the winning at Riv was, was amazing. That was obviously his life goal. Um, I think it's a step up in class here and, and Joaquin Neiman is, is, is in much better form over the last, you know, six months when you look at a round per round basis than, uh, you know, even though he doesn't have the win that, uh, you know, sort of the high profile win that Homa does. Yep. I'm with you. I and actually Neiman has played here. Neiman played here as a as an amateur. Uh, I think it was three years ago, or two or three years ago, and made the cut. By the way, all debut, debutante mentioned unders cashed when you said it early in the podcast. <laughs> Less Very than five good. minutes in. <laughs> what did you bet uh, head to head? Uh, I, I am on Joaquin Neiman as well. I was hoping Joe oh. uh, gravitated towards the same one, but I took Joaquin Neiman minus one thirty over Abraham Answer. And Joe talked about how Abraham Answer had a great showing and then fell off the pace. And I think maybe he's possibly a victim of the November conditions. Uh, he might find a much different complex here with the drier, faster, firmer conditions. And you talked about Neiman, Joe. Ne Neiman is a phenomenal player. And look what he did earlier yes, he in the is. year. I think he was minus 46, 46 under par Man. for the two Hawaii tournaments and didn't win. <laughs> I also think there's some correlation between Kapalua where he came in second. Uh, to Augusta National. Neiman is a guy I might do a top 20 bet on as well, but like him in that head-to-head -head over Abraham Answer. And then uh, two guys, Joe, I wonder what your opinion on this one is. I took Danny Berger at minus 135 over Cam Smith. Oh. See, that's a, 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 another example of where I think both the guys are relatively undervalued in terms of their, you know, just odds in general. Uh, I do like Berger. I mean, I've got Berger in a top 10 uh, bet. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at, at my neutral ranking since the restart. Daniel Berger, and this is adjusted for field strength, is number six in terms of wow. strokes gained per round. And the five guys ahead of him, uh, in order, JT, Dustin Johnson, Bryson, Xander, and John Rahm. And so Berger is in rarefied company up there in terms of who has played best on a per round basis since the restart. Uh, and he's got a nice history here. I, I, he has a path to victory. Okay. Um, first of all, there's a whole cross section of our audience that appreciates you betting Berger. Yes. <laughs> I won't say who, but we appreciate it. You know what I mean? Uh, and then uh, finally, guys, then uh, top 10s, top 20s, I guess you're, you're some of the guys that you bet outright in some of your matchups, you just sort of funnel into those? Probably not everyone. I think Jason Kokrak I might find a spot for in a top 20. Uh, probably uh, Fitzpatrick as well. I think JT I'll take with a top 10. Uh, I'll probably stay away from Kepka. You know, that, that's yeah. a gamble of a play. I agree with that. And and if it's the right gamble, he's going to be in the mix. Yep. But I'm not going to mess around with probably any more investment on him. Uh Cantley, I'll probably do for a top 20 as well. Um, I, I haven't quite dived into that market uh, head first just yet. Same with you, Joe? 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, the only guy that that is in my that I have a top ten on that we hadn't talked about before is Cantley. Um, I will look, guys, at the at top twenties. I am going to look exclusively for higher price guys that have a nice co course history who maybe haven't played well over the last year because of age. So we're talking about here a Matt Kuchar, mm -hmm. um, like I said, Justin Rose earlier, um, Oosthuizen, Adam Scott. All these guys have uh, Hideki Matsuyama who used to be a, a, a stalwart in my top 10 bets the last two years. Um, and these are guys that have very nice histories here um, that uh, I think might make some attractive top 20 bets. I love it. Guys, I can't thank you enough. I uh, can't thank the people at Circus Sports uh, enough. Derek Stevens, Mike Palm, Stadium Swim. What a backdrop we Boy, have it's here. It's lousy out here, isn't this it? This is terrible. <laughs> Joe, you, gotta, you, can, you should never come here. It's awful. Sorry about the weather. Uh, <laughs> Joe, appreciate it, man. Uh, Joe Pete, everybody, at Magic Rat SF on Twitter. It's a Bruce Springsteen uh, uh, nod on his Twitter handle. Where can people get the 2019 tour guide, which is still very applicable, and where can they find anything you will be doing in the future? Yeah, the the the, the tour guide, the, the 2019 event, which which does give some nice master stories and, and background on on the strokes gained, uh, is is still at Amazon. Um, and hopefully, I'm aiming for a hardcover book um, that'll really be a a sort of hopefully a tome on the masters in the strokes gained era. Um, you know, we'll we'll look out for that. But the goal is pre Christmas publication for all those fathers, sons, uh, you know, stocking stuff. Pre Christmas 2021, we're talking. That's right. Wow. Love it. Joe Pete, everybody. Joe, thank you so much. Brady Cannon, host of Long Shots, the greatest golf betting show there ever uh, has been on Earth uh, at VEASAN, which he does with Wes Reynolds and Matt Humans, and the podcast version of Long Shots, in addition, with SVP on both this time around, this, this yep. week. Going to be great. Thank you very much for having me. An honor to be with you two guys. Joe, have admired your work for a long time. Thanks for stopping by, man. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, guys. Um, I'm half vaxxed. I will be fully vaxxed and maybe out there for the PGA or the U.S. Open, and we'll certainly say hi. Yes, half vaxxed. I am fully vaxxed, I'm by half the vaxxed. Way. Ah, both of you. So <laughs> Thank you all. 85th Masters. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, listening. Good luck with all your bets from all of us on the Beating the Book podcast. Enjoy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 